It's November 26th, and we're close, very close. Tomorrow is the first Sunday of Advent, and you know what that means. Tomorrow, in parishes across Canada and the United States, we will be using the revised translation of the Roman Missal. Now, I love Advent. I love counting the days to Christmas. But this year, I feel like I have been counting the days to Advent, all because of those little changes to the language of the Mass. I presume that by now, most of you have been learning about all the specifics about the changes. Certainly by now you know that the Mass has not changed. It is the same old Mass. It's just the language that has changed. For many years, we used a translation that was sort of a paraphrase of the Latin. Now we will be using a more formal language, a language that is more scriptural. After being through three Masses with the new translation, I am beginning to see what all liturgists are saying. This change will help us enter more deeply into the mystery of the Eucharist. This is why the Canadian bishops have taken the opportunity of this revision to teach us about the Mass. What a great opportunity we have. I've been attending Mass pretty much regularly for over 40 years, and it's so easy to get into habits. And also with you, we sit, we stand, we kneel, our Father who art in heaven. Having a new language will force us to slow down and pay attention to what we are saying. Using different posture will force us to think about what we are doing and why we are doing it. Because, in truth, most of us have no clue why we sing the Gloria and the Alleluia or what the difference is between an acclamation and a proclamation. Most of us don't even know why the bells are rung during the Eucharistic prayer or even what the Eucharistic prayer is. What a great opportunity this change provides us. Don't let this opportunity pass by, but also don't just accept it blindly. Receive it with the hunger and desperation of someone asking for change on a street corner. I can guarantee you that once received, it will be a great source of nourishment for you. And tomorrow, when you go to Mass, do so with renewed zeal for this great mystery that we call the source and summit of our Christian life. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. Hello and welcome to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Today we introduce a new segment. You'll get to meet Danny Torquia. He's the Director of Marketing and Development for Salt and Light. And we're going to be talking about the future of media. That's going to be in about 20 minutes. And Andrew Santos will introduce us to the Saint of the Week. And Sheridan, as always, will bring us up to date with what's happening in dioceses across Canada. And Krista Matrenko is sitting right here with me. Hi, Pedro. So what's in the headlines? Well, we're going to talk about the Pope's trip to Benin that took place last week. As well, euthanasia is back in the courts in Canada and we're going to talk about recycling. Recycling, well, I mean, most of us would say it's a good thing, but uh, maybe not always. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. So all that's coming up very, very shortly. But first, Chris, have you had a chance to go to any, any masses with, that have used the new translation yet? No, I haven't, Pedro. I really wanted to when, uh, when Salt and Light was doing some filming right. for our, our projects yeah. involving the new translation, but I wasn't able to go. So on November 27th, yeah, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow. Um, it's happening. Uh, it will be my first time as well as. So I how do you think? Catholics. How do you think you're going to do? 
I mean, you obviously know what the changes are, but do you think you'll be, it'll be weird? How do you think, how are you feeling about this? You know this? what, I'm really looking forward to it, and I've got the, um, the, the little pamphlet that has the, the new responses the in sheet. it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I presume that they're going to be making these available in most parishes and, and doing their best to make sure that everyone can follow along. Well, you know, mm-hmm. if you have an iPhone or an iPod, you can actually get the app. And we're going to be talking with Cale Clark today in our second half hour about the new, well, it's not new anymore because it's been out for about a year, but there's an app. For the new translation mm-hmm. so uh, to help you and anyone who wants to uh, follow along the mass you can uh, bring your phone with you so that'll be in our second half hour and we're also going to meet father robbie mcdougall he's an accomplished pianist singer and composer and so we're going to begin with father robbie mcdougall and his song mother Your faith 
That was Father Robbie McDougall with Mother, and we're going to be speaking with Father Rob in the second half of the program. And in about 15 minutes, what is the future of media? But first, Chris is still here, and the Holy Father had a successful uh, African visit. It was a success. He was there for three days in the country of Benin, which is in the western part of Africa. It was his 22nd international papal visit and his second trip to Africa. Uh, reflecting on his trip, he said that he has a special affection for Africa and that Africa has a lot to teach the world through its values. Now, the trip might be remembered for a very large stadium mass with 80,000 faithful and the release of a document called Africae Munis, which is the follow-up document to a synod of bishops on Africa that took place in Rome. So this is basically uh, the church's plan for Africa. Now, the visit consisted of some quiet personal moments as well. The Pope prayed at the tomb of a close friend, Cardinal Bernardin Gantin. Now, this cardinal is remembered as a national hero of the country. Also, another touching moment took place when the Pope visited with children, and he did so at what was called the Peace and Joy Center in Cotonou. And uh, Father Federico Lombardi, the Vatican spokesperson, he uh, talked about what happened there in this moment that uh, cameras didn't really weren't really able to capture, and uh, the Pope blessed a, a very young child, a baby really, just a few weeks old, who had been abandoned by parents, and, and now uh, the center was taking care of this baby. And the baby's name? Benedicta, mm -hmm. which is a really nice story. Yes. Now, turning to Canada, uh, the euthanasia question is back in the courts. In the Supreme Court of British Columbia, that's on the West Coast, plaintiffs are arguing that euthanasia should be allowed for the terminally ill. Now, naturally, the Canadian bishops have a very different idea of dying with dignity. They don't support euthanasia, of course. They say that Canada urgently needs better end-of-life care, palliative care. In a letter that they released last week, the bishops applauded the work of a parliamentary committee. Members of Canadian Parliament had released a report called Not to be Forgotten. And the report recommends a national system of compassionate care for both the seriously ill and those who are handicapped. And so the, this, the bishops say, would help preserve the dignity of human life while assuring dying people that they're going to receive compassion and comfort. Now, one other story from Canada for you, Pedro. We all agree that recycling is a good thing, right? Yes. Sure. Well, how about if the recycling processing facility is built, say, next to your house? Or how about next to a religious shrine? In fact, the most visited religious shrine in the country. 
Well, that's happening at uh, St. Marie among the Hurons in Midland, Ontario, uh, which commemorates where uh, the early Jesuit missionaries, uh, the Canadian martyrs, were, were there. Now, there's plans to put an outdoor industrial recycling facility next to the shrine, and uh, the Jesuits are um, very opposed to this, and they're asking the town councillors to reverse their decision to rezone it um, so that we don't have this facility next to the shrine. Mm -hmm. And they're principally concerned, I mean, there's a lot of different concerns, environmental concerns about the marsh that this would be put in, put on, but also concerns about the noise. And so the town is consulting with uh, the Jesuits, uh, parks authorities, recycling authorities about the plan, and there might be conditions uh, on this operation, uh, you know, so that pilgrims could still come peacefully and come and peacefully pray on the shrine grounds. Mm -hmm. so this is a, this is a question that's been in the news here in Canada, and it hasn't yet been resolved. No, it's good, and it's a developing story. We're going to be following mm -hmm. that story and the euthanasia. I mean, the euthanasia keeps coming, mm -hmm. keeps coming up and up. So we will be uh, continuing those stories as they develop. Thank you, Krista Matrenko, our Salt and Light Radio News producer. If you'd like to comment on anything that you hear on this program, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Our website is saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And if you're feeling discouraged about the state of media, stay tuned, because coming up is our new segment, Media Ministry Minutes with Danny Torquia. But first, Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. So, Andrew, who is our Saint of the Week? Oh, where do I begin? None other than, drumroll, Saint Andrew. This one, <laughs> Very good. <laughs> This one's a special for me, uh, of course, uh, Pedro. Great. So, um, okay, here's where I begin. Um, Saint Andrew is also known in the Greek language as Andreas. Uh -huh. So uh, he was born in the mid to late first century, and we all know uh, that he was chosen to be one of the twelve apostles. Mm -hmm. uh, what a role in uh, what a role to play in Jesus's ministry. Yeah, he was the brother of Peter. Yeah, exactly, uh, brother of Saint Peter. Uh, he's also the son of Jonah. Mm -hmm. So when we look at the New Testament, um, it tells us that um, St. Andrew was born in Bethsaida mm -hmm. on the Sea of Galilee. Um, both him and his brother Peter were fishermen, and um, it makes sense why they, would be why they would be asked or chosen to be one of the Twelve Apostles, because we know that Jesus called them, um, called his disciples to be fisher Fishers of men. Of men. Yeah. So um, at the when we look at the beginning of Jesus' public life, um, both Andrew and Peter were said to have occupied uh, the same house as Jesus in Capernaum. Mm -hmm. So um, let's look at another one of the Gospels. In John, it tells us that uh, St. Andrew was a friend, um, better known as a disciple of John the Baptist. And Andrew recognized Jesus um, as the Messiah. And uh, he introduced him to his brother Peter. That's why the two became uh, apostles and disciples of Jesus. So um, they were called to a closer companionship, and they literally left all their things to go and follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. So um, in the Gospels also, it tells us that um, uh, Andrew is um, present at some of the most important occasions um, that the uh, disciples were in with Jesus. So that's, that's pretty special. Um, that's, that's pretty significant. Um, now, St. Andrew was martyred. And uh, we know that he was martyred by crucifixion. Um, 
in the city of Patre. So um, early texts um, tell us, they describe that Andrew was um, bound. He wasn't mm -hmm. nailed mm -hmm. um, to a cross. Um, he wasn't as um, horrendously, horrifically, I should say, crucified as Jesus was. Yeah. So um, Andrew's relics today are kept in the Basilica of St. Andrew at, Saint, at, uh, at Patre. Really? Um, his relics um, uh, are placed literally right over the place where he was martyred. Mm -hmm. So uh, St. Andrew, thus, is the patron saint for the city of Patre. Um, he is also considered um, the founder and the first bishop of the Church of Byzantium. Mm -hmm. And he is also the patron saint for the ecumenical patriarch patriarchate mm -hmm. of Constantinople. And uh, St. Andrew, as, as uh, most of us will know, uh, he has a special place in the hearts of Russians and Scots. Really? So um, well, St. Andrew of that. Scotland, uh, he is their patron saint. Right. And uh, in the Universal Church, we celebrate uh, his feast day on November the 30th. Okay, well, very good. Andrew, your patron saint. Yeah. St. Andrew, uh, feast day November 30th. Um, thank you, Andrew. Andrew Santos is our saint expert. In about five minutes, Sheridan will be here with what's happening across our country, so stay tuned. I'm Mark Matthews, your Hollywood undercover missionary, and you're listening to Salt Light Radio on the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM. My name is Pedro. You can find Salt and Light on Facebook, and you can also follow us on Twitter. And you can read our blog at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. And now... I'm joined by someone I'd like you to meet. By now, you must be a little bit familiar with Salt and Light, but to bring you more into the bosom of what we do, here with me now is Danny Torquia. Daniel, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thanks, Pedro. Nice so to be here. You're our, our Director of Marketing and Development, but how, how did you end up working at Salt and Light? You know, it's the uh, result of a fairly lengthy process. Um, I could call it a little bit of discernment. I've been in, in public relations my whole life and communications yeah, and marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a very clear career path. I had a very clear career path that was laid down by great mentors. Yes. My father, my, my brother, I'm the eldest of three children and my brother is a, uh, quite older than me. So I, I'd seen my career path and it was on track. And um, in the public relations field, I had hit the top of my game, quote unquote, so to speak. Yeah. And I was, uh, wasn't quite finding the happiness that I, I, I knew I could find. And so I decided to look for an alternate career. Okay, an so alternate wait, route. is it true what people say about PR? Public relations is just like, just not a happy, maybe happy is not the right word, but I just envision it's just all about just like me, 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 promote, promote, promote. And is that, is that you what know, you it, were experiencing? It can be. And it, it sometimes too often is. But the... Uh, field and profession of public relations has huge potential. It is a very needed good and service for society. So it has a very altruistic end to be the bridge between a healthy organization and healthy audiences. Everyone from advocates, environmentalists, employees, investors. Yeah. It's a very important role, but regrettably the industry is non-regulated, uh, nor by government, nor by its own uh, associations. So there's uh -huh. no licensing of practitioners. So it's very deregulated. So uh, you, you, you can just put up a sign and say, Pedro and Danny PR Inc. Let's do and, it. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> everyone does a certain, to a certain extent public relations. But um, because it is usurped or taken in, in bad uh, 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 channels many times, yes, a lot of PR practitioners will find 
no uh, no happiness, and it is a growing field. So this is a very important topic that a lot of people will deal with in the future. Sorry, I just want to ask you because I want to get to <clears> other <throat> things. What's the relationship between PR and news or media or news media? Uh, it's an intimate, symbiotic relationship. Um, it is the PR profession exists in, in the media relations branch. It exists to help journalists do, uh, conduct their work for a, a purposeful end, right? Which is very beneficial to the person who's paying that PR person's uh, salary. Um, so the journalist will find out about a story because someone in PR sent him a press release or called him, or yeah. Well, think about it. The journalism is fortunate in that there's a whole ancillary industry that exists just to service it uh -huh. without money. So right. it, it's, it, think of what a benefit. If I had someone, a whole pr industry that was there, hired by others, to help me do my work, what an exciting <laughs> uh, prospect that is. So okay. journalists have the, the so benefit that's of because, PR reps. But that's sort of the flip side of that, and this is where I want to get to, because you said that, that there's this amazing future for, for or, or potential yeah, for oh yeah, PR. So if growing. the church uh -huh. had... Because this is what I always say. It's like the church just needs to hire a good PR person. Right. All the pro-life groups need to just hire a good yes, PR person. Yes. So what Much is, good would be done. How so? Tell me. Well, public relations is often the conscience of an organization that looks long-term. So if you, it, I think that the church has a, a pool of interested people who want to do public relations. But are they trained? Do they know the theory of PR? And now, I, I, there, I've studied public relations my whole life. And... It's not like if it's it's that well taught. Mm -hmm. There's issues of teaching PR in the world out mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. There's not that that, that many pro the programs are are plentiful. But I, I one huge academic in in Hamilton in PR, Dr. Terry. Uh, oh, boy, Terry. Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, you. That's it. You, that's okay. Anyhow, there's there's somebody a, in Hamilton. Somebody in Hamilton, <laughs> um, a, a colleague of ours, did a research and identified that there's about 440 different. Uh, definitions of public relations circulating in approved texts, uh -huh. textbooks. So th think of the problem there. You can't even define the profession. But bottom line, for me, I realized that I could do more uh, more good with my uh, what I had learned in my life, with my skill set. So. And I started a process of, of inform informational interviews and ended up at Salt and Good, Mike. so you're doing good PR for us now and for the church because indirectly that's what you're doing. Evangelizing. Yep, my, um, just, I know that we're we're short on time, but just so, how do you see then the future of media, in in relation to all that that we just talked about? Everyone is it, the future of media is very very uh, promising, especially for the church. We have in all on the seminaries across the country, people are priests and seminarians and other religious are learning about media. They're getting involved in blogs. They're writing their thoughts. Mm -hmm. They're gathering a readership or listenership. And, and it will overall yield great fruits. Now we just need at the national level with the big secular media, a stronger presence from diocese, diocese church groups to say we want a voice. We want to fill that void and the need for a voice from the Catholic Church. And we want to engage in debates and use it as teaching yeah. moments, even if they're going to get slammed with criticism. Yeah, for That's sure. healthy. Yeah, you know what? This is this is a great place to start. We're going to be bringing Danny back maybe once a month and talk about this. And maybe this is a great place where people who are working in church communications can listen in and we can you know share ideas, offer some tips, um, because we all need to grow. So thank you very much, Danny, for being with us today. Daniel Torquia, he's the Director of Marketing and Development for Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM. You can podcast our show at saltandlighttv.org slash radio or off iTunes. 
And here now, Sheridan, with our diocesan update. Hello, hello. So the new Roman Missal is in effect. Yes, it's 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 here. Yes, and uh, as you know, it's it's this weekend. And if you haven't studied your responses, or you've studied your responses, but you don't know what the music that's accompanying it. I'm going to recommend to everyone that you watch a show that Pedro did oh, thank uh, you. on Perspectives Weekly. Yes, And uh, he interviewed John Dawson, who's a musician who wrote one of the three approved CCCB mass settings. And together with Father Bill Book, and you might know him from the uh, National Liturgy Office, the CCCB National Liturgy Office, they tell us what's new, you know, what you can expect. What's particularly interesting for me, I thought, was it clarified how integral music is to the mass. I cannot separate it out. Absolutely. So, uh, yes, I recommend that everyone check out uh, episodes. There's also one with Archbishop Legat, which was done on the yeah. new missile. But together with um, with Archbishop Legat, Father Bill Burke, and John Dawson, it's a good way to, to find everything you need to know on the new Roman missile. Yeah, it's and all that, good. And that's at org forward slash perspectives. That's good. And can I just say, if you're looking for stuff... I also did a quick interview with Father Jeffrey Angelis, who yes. is the another composer of one of the other mass settings while I was in Winnipeg last week. And so that's also on our blog. So if people go to saltandlighttv.org slash blog and, and do a little search there, you'll find Father a little uh, five-minute interview yeah. I did with Father Jeffrey Angelis. And if you haven't liked us on Facebook, you should. And then once you've done that, you should uh, check <laughs> us out on Facebook. That interview is also posted there. Excellent. Thank you. And this is the time for Christmas concerts. Yes. And there are just several concerts being held across the country in every diocese, perhaps even your local parish is hosting mm -hmm. one. And, you know, it's just such a great opportunity to get out there, meet people, celebrate the season, and support your parish choirs. I met my future fiancé, at uh, Advent Vespers last year. Really? Yes, yes. Oh, so wow. I'd highly recommend it to everyone. <laughs> so make time and, you know, take the whole family, uh, check out your local diocesan listing. And uh, one I'd like to bring your attention to in Toronto is St. Michael's Choir School is celebrating Christmas with music around, from around the world. The concert is titled Wonderful Peace. And that's at Massey Hall, the historic Massey Hall. That's Saturday, uh, December the 10th. It's a couple of weeks from now and Sunday, December the 11th. Tickets and information can be found at uh, christmasconcert.ca. And this is also the time for Advent missions, mm -hmm. and one I'd like to uh, bring your attention to is Come Down, O Love Divine, and Father, Father Tom, Father Thomas Ruzika of uh, our CEO, yes. uh, will be on hand. He's going to be reflecting on um, the spirit of Advent with three evenings of inspiring reflections. Now, this mission is going to be taking place at St. Benedict's Parish in Etobicoke, that's just west of Toronto, um, and that's next week, Monday, November the 28th, until Wednesday, November the 30th, at 7.30 p.m. each night. But if you're not in the area, you can still take advantage of this mission, and because uh, that's going to be broadcast on our network during the third week of Advent. So for more information, you can visit the parish's website at Benedict's. .ca or call 416-743-3830. And you, of course, just check out our, uh, our website at saltandlighttv.org. For course, programming information. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, to, sorry to butt in, but yeah, if you're not in Canada or if you don't have Salt and Light available, you know that all our programs are available streaming online at yeah. saltandlighttv.org. So it doesn't matter where you are, you can still watch this mission uh, when, when it's broadcast. 
Yes, and uh, you know, this is also a good time to keep in mind those who are lonely. Mm -hmm. And so Catholic Family Services is offering a Mass of Comfort and Light as a celebration of hope and community. And that's going to be celebrated at uh, Ro Holy Rosary Church on December the 4th at 5 p.m. So that's in not just over a week. And that's also in Toronto. And the Most Reverend Bishop Vincent Wynne will be the celebrant. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Mass is especially for those who are struggling at this time of the year, and that's so important for yeah, us to is. remember. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Catholic Family Service is just a great resource in general, so uh, check out your local your local Catholic Services of, um, Foundation. Yes. And in Vancouver, just a friendly reminder that uh, Catholic Christian Outreach, this Rise Up Conference, is being held at the end of the year, December the 28th through to January 1st, at the Hyatt Regency Hotel, it's not too late, sign up now and you'll be able to participate in this amazing conference. I mean, it gathers hundreds of university students from across Canada every year and it, uh, it'll change your life. Yeah, it's a great way to spend the New Year's. Anyway, thank you very much, Sheridan. Uh, coming up in our second half hour, a tool to help you pray better at Mass and a conversation with pianist and composer Father Robbie McDougall, so stick around. Hello and welcome to Salt and Light Radio Part 2. I'm Pedro Guevara Mann. Now, are you confused at all about the upcoming changes to the Mass? Well, there's an app for that. And to tell us all about it and how to get it, we are now joined by Cale Clark, the creator of the new Mass app. Cale, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Pedro, it's always good to talk to you. How are you doing? I'm good. So this app... It's not, I keep wanting to say it's a new app, but it's, it's not new because it's been around. It's all, more than a year now, isn't it? That's, that's true. The iPhone part of the app has been around for, uh, yeah, just a little over a year. And just last week, we came out with the Android version, the long-awaited Android version of the new Mass app. So that's now available on the Android market as well. So that's pretty exciting. That's very good. I hope you're working on a BlackBerry app. You know what? That, that is in the cards. We oh, are good. working hard. We're trying to make it happen. Okay, excellent. That's good because I'm a BlackBerry person. But I do. Well, we don't have... want you know, to let RIM go. You know? I mean, they're, no, they're a Canadian don't. company after we, all. No, so. we don't want to let RIM go. <laughs> Listen, um, the, the new translation was for, the, for, for Canada was not approved until this year. So how did you develop this app a, 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 over a year ago? Well, basically, one, you know, one of the things I was doing was I was working with the, the text that I knew was approved, of course, uh, on the United States side of the border. Yep. And so we had, you know, we had a very good idea of what the texts were at that time. And we did have to make a, a little correction as, they, as, they, um, as the months went on. They, there were some tweaks that were made, and we, we reflected that in an update to the app. And, yeah, so basically um, it's great to know that the Canadian bishops got everything uh, organized, and we are all going to start at the same time this coming weekend. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, um... Okay, so, so you did have an original, uh, I guess, translation that you were using, which was based on the, the American translation, and then as the Canadian one got approved, there were slight, slight differences. But it's, essentially, it's the, same, it's the same text. Absolutely. And I was working directly with, with of course, ISIL, the, uh, who hold the copyright of, of the mass right. text. And uh, yeah, yeah they, were, they were very supportive of this project from day one. And yeah, really, good. one of the reasons why I wanted to create it was because, you know, there have been many, many books that have come out, of course, about the new translation. There's a lot of resources that way. 
But I really wanted to hit, you know, your average Joe Catholic, you know, who goes to Mass every Sunday, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. as they should. And this is going to be a huge shock to his system when he shows up next weekend, you know. And it's, it's amazing how many Catholics still don't know about these major changes to the Mass translation in English. They're going to hit us this weekend. And, you know, these guys would not necessarily darken the door of a Catholic bookstore, but if they hear those magic words, you know, there's an app for that. You know, they might want to check this out. And um, that's really... Uh, the person that I had in mind when I created it. Okay, so you just wanted to make this as accessible as possible to regular people. Absolutely. Now, of course, you know, anybody can use it. Um, one of the great things about it is that we have the, the old text that everybody's so used to. We have the new translation of the Mass. And for each of the uh, major sections for the people's parts that, that everyone has to know for every Mass that they attend, we also have some of the reasons for the changes. And one of the things I wanted to highlight was one of the things that Pope Benedict is so strong about with this, with, with this new translation, is the biblical background of the text. You know, it's almost like going to a movie in 3D, you know, putting on the glasses. Things will just pop out at you, and you'll see uh, people, places, events from, from salvation history just come alive in this new translation. Well, that's true. That's what they say, that this is more, it's more formal, but it's more scriptural. Um, so things like, you know, and I actually want to go through some examples, but before we sure. do, can you, can you just, so people that, I mean, I have it here in front of me, but so if, mm-hmm. how does the app work? Do, so you said you have the old text, you have the mm-hmm. new text, and then reasons. Exactly. Um, so, but is it organized by, by mass part, or how does it like, yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's organized by the by the parts of the mass, and, and we couldn't put everything in there. Um, I could have, but you know, there are a lot of Catholic apps out there, especially for the mass. They're, in my view, quite bloated. Like, I mean, um, I didn't put all the priest parts, for example, uh, in the app at this time. Now we can always add those with a later update. Mm-hmm. But again, my my target was was the laity, really, the and um, and the changes. So, yeah, we basically just yeah. go through all the uh, all the parts okay, of the so, uh, mass that we need to know every time. So I have it here in front of me. So the first yeah. one is sign of the cross. Then you have greeting. Those are the parts. Mm-hmm. So for example, in the greeting, if you click on greeting, the first thing that comes up here is the old text, and you got the, it. the Lord be with you, and everybody says and also with you. And if you click on <laughs> new text, so then the priest says the Lord be with you, and the people respond and with your spirit. Yeah, and that's, that's a big change for people. Everyone who is, you know, old enough to remember this will, of course, remember the, uh, the official Latin text of the Mass when, when everybody used Latin in the Universal Church, and that is the official Latin text, Et Cum Spiritu Tuo, which literally is translated, and with your spirit. And yeah. So really, with this new translation, there are two things happening. Most of the time, it's going to stick closer to the official Latin text of the Mass. Mm-hmm. Secondly, uh, the biblical background of the text is going to come alive, as I said earlier, and, and this is one of those cases too, because yes, it is. When we when we say this to the priest, uh, this reminds us of the words of Saint Paul in Second Timothy chapter four, when he says, "The Lord be with your spirit." And of yeah. course, uh, Timothy was that uh, young bishop. You know, I guess you could say Paul was Batman and he was Robin. You know, uh-huh, he was kind uh-huh. of his protege. And it is the spirit of a man who is transformed by the sacrament of holy orders, so that Christ can act in and through him in the mass. Um, when he says, this is my body, you know, it's not becoming the body of Father Joe. You know, we can say, mm-hmm. thank goodness for that. You know? yeah. It's becoming Jesus Christ. And so it's appropriate that we say that to the priest, that the Lord, uh, we pray that the Lord be with his spirit. Yeah, okay, good. That's good. Let's do another one. Hold on a second. So if we, I guess, if we continue with Mass, uh, let's look at the Gloria, because that one has some mm-hmm. changes. That's probably the bigger uh, change, but I think people won't notice it as much because we've been learning new music. And people yeah. are just going to learn the new song. So, so here you have the old text of the Gloria, mm-hmm. and then the new text. 
um, which is kind of very similar words. You know, it, it's very similar, and, and it's appropriate that we sing the Gloria every time we go to Mass, because the glory, of course, comes from the first Christmas, from yep. Luke chapter 2, you know, the, the, the glory of the Lord, you know, uh, appearing. Yeah, the choirs uh, of angels. The of an angel, a choirs of angels, really, the heavenly host appearing to the shepherds, in the, you know, in the fields and telling them about the birth of the Christ. And really, each Mass is a new Christmas. Christ comes to earth physically in the Eucharist. And, and so that's appropriate. But I'll tell you what, Pedro, more people are far concerned about the change that's in the Apostles' Creed as we oh, go to yes. a more uh, literal translation from the official Okay, Latin so text. and here you have actually two. You have the Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed. Mm-hmm. So th- that's because both are still being used, but, but we're... At least I know here in Canada we're going to encourage to be used the, to use the Nicene Creed more often, and it's a different Nicene Creed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we will see the um, the Nicene Creed used most often at Mass. We're going to come online with really the way other countries are doing it. We're one of the one of the few exceptions where we usually say the Apostles' Creed yeah. on Sundays. But with the new Apostles' Creed, um, the words you know Jesus descended to the dead. Uh, that's going to change to He descended into hell. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, something that people are certainly getting their knickers, you know, and not all about, and, and wondering, did Jesus go to the hell of damnation? Is that what this is all about? And, and of course, the answer is no. Um, it's really a problem with language, you know. Um, the, the English word hell, you know, used to have a much wider meaning and connotation than it does now. It used to refer to the realm of all the dead, you know, uh, the righteous dead, and, you know, the place where the evil dead went, you know, the hell of damnation. Yeah. And um, when Jesus descended to hell, as the Catechism explains, you know, he didn't go to the hell of damnation, didn't go to destroy it or get rid of that. It still exists, obviously. Where he went was the place referred to in Old Testament times as Abraham's side, or yeah. a place of paradise. And I guess you could say that was the holding tank, if you will, for the saints of mm-hmm. the Old Testament mm-hmm. time, because Christ did not yet open up the gates of heaven for them. And uh, Jesus talked about this in his parable of the rich man and Lazarus. And, yeah. and that's where he went, you know, uh, to Abraham's side to free those righteous dead and, and, and give them uh, the beatific vision of God. Yeah, no, this is all good. I mean, so it's very clearly laid out. It's easy for people to follow, to understand the reason. That we, we have been telling everybody that this is a great opportunity for liturgical catechism. But I have a question. Do you, I mean, do you in, expect that people are going to be sitting at Mass with their iPhone or their iPad or their Android and kind of staring at their mobile device during Mass? <laughs> Isn't that kind of weird? Well, it, it, it's funny because uh, our own parish priest... Um, here at St. Justin Martyr, has told people, hey, download the app, use it, you know, to learn the new Mass. I will not think that you're texting during Mass. You uh-huh. know? <laughs> That's good. So, uh, you know, there, there was a time, I guess, when, you know, when we transferred from, you know, scrolls to other types of, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, containers for, for, for the written word, whether it be books or, you know, I mean, that was probably an adjustment. And we're certainly moving to into an electronic age, and I don't think the book will ever be replaced by any means. But, no. you know, if people are uncomfortable, you know, looking at their, their screen during Mass, of course they can use this app to prepare for Mass and to, to learn the new translation. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things we want people to do, Pedro, is not just memorize a bunch of responses and sadly many people are looking at the new translation that way they'll say you know once i once i memorize these like like an actor memorizes his lines i'll I'll be good for the next 40 years well we want to take a step back and learn what the mass is really all about this is Mm -hmm. the perfect opportunity to do that Mm -hmm. now if people want to get it is it easily accessible itunes yeah all they have to do is just go to the app store uh, on their device and it's also available through itunes 
Um, of course, it's in the Android market now as well. Yeah. Uh, and my website, thefaithexplained.com, uh, has a lot more information on how you can download it and some articles that were okay, written about good. it and uh, yeah. lots more fun stuff. Yeah, it's good. And we're going to put that link on our website. So thank you very much, Kale. Um, this has been good. Great tool. I know uh, I, I'm not going to be using it until you put it on the BlackBerry, but my son, with his, <laughs> I, his iPod, he's using it. So thank you oh, very much. Well, that's, is, that's great to know. I met your son, and uh, I'm really happy that he's using that. Thank him for me, and thank you for having me on. I really appreciate All it, All right, Pedro. great. Thank you. So Cale Clark, he's a lay pastoral assistant at St. Justin Martyr Parish in Unionville, Ontario. He's also the director of the Faith Explained Seminars, and you can check out his work at thefaithexplained.com. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Father Robbie McDougall, with his song, Precious. Please bring me home 
That was Father Robbie McDougall with his song, Precious. Father Robbie McDougall is a priest of the Diocese of St. Boniface, Manitoba. He's also the founder of Adoramus Ministries, offering retreats, workshops, and music ministry for the purpose of evangelization. But he's also an accomplished musician and composer, having received a Broadcast Music Industry Award in 1973 for his song, The Theme. He has performed for Queen Elizabeth and the Royal Family and for Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau. He has also done several television and radio shows for the CBC, CTV, and has shared the same stage with Henry Mancini, Sonny and Cher, Jose Feliciano, Guess Who, Dionne Warwick, and many, many others. He's also, oh sorry, he was also the musical le- music, he was also the musical leader for the visit of Mother Teresa on her visit to Manitoba in 1980. And so I'm very happy to welcome Father Robbie McDougall to Salt and Light Radio. Father Rob, welcome. Thank you. You've, it's great to be with you and speak with you all. So you've, yeah. you've had a quite, quite the career, but I want to maybe, we, we don't have a lot of time, but quickly, I mean, you were at a point in your life where you were going to be a rock star? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of, eh? Yeah, I mean, you, you were, wanted to be a musician, you're a composer, you're a singer. Um, did something change or did you always feel called to the priesthood? Well, on two levels. The first level is, yes, Catholic school training from grade one, you know, uh, promoted a lot about vocation. Uh, was a possibility I thought of. Uh, that changed in my teenage years. I joined bands and did other things, a lot of sports and so on. But it always was in me to, you know, it was, it was there. Mm-hmm. What I tried to do was avoid it completely, actually, to be truthful. It wasn't something I wanted to respond to right? So what... um, at that time in my life. And then uh, later on, with some of the bigger things that I did that I thought were so important, and, and they were, but there was uh, uh, something shallow about that kind of lifestyle as well. So um, it was kind of uh, at a mass, actually, and perhaps you read that too, I don't know. Uh, uh-huh. at, during the Eucharistic celebration of St. Michael's Cathedral, actually in Toronto, right. the gospel was on the talents. And I really, it really hit me that I was giving a lot to the secular 
but not giving much of a gift back to the giver. Right. And so uh, that led me to uh, thinking about perhaps taking the parts of the Eucharistic celebration, writing music to them and seeing what I could do that way, and then kind of going back to my other career, but that didn't work. <laughs> so you were trying to do both? No, once I started uh, writing for the Mass, uh, my life changed a lot. How so? so? On uh, a deeper level, and yeah. so Mass became a very important part of my life every day, and and uh, of course, a lot of relationships and friendships, uh, it's not that they sever, it's just you're not on that level anymore with them the same way. Right. So... Therefore, you know, new new friendships, new uh, new contacts, and ways of uh, of living out your day happen too. Like you know, yeah. of course, when you're writing religious music, you're meeting nuns, you're meeting priests, you're meeting a lot of different people that perhaps weren't in your life for quite some time, and great people. So I was uh, uh, frequenting them more and. Uh, Living out the contracts I had because I had no choice, you know, that contracts are contracts. Uh -huh. And uh, once they were uh, lived out, um, I settled more into writing the religious uh, music. And then, of course, through these uh, wonderful men and women that appeared in my life uh, uh, during that time, uh, kind of gave me guidance and uh, counsel to uh, perhaps respond to this vocation or give it a try. And that's what happened. And I've been ordained 26 years. Yeah, wow. I guess there was something I was supposed to answer there, right? So how, <laughs> I mean, I know that you, I mean, with, with your ministry, Adoramos Ministry, and the, the you, part of that involves doing music ministry. I, I'm sure that you use your music to evangelize. Is that a, uh, I guess, a, a normal thing for you? Or was that something yeah, you had to figure a, that's out? Yeah, that's a given. Like, for the first years of the priesthood, no. You know, there was no uh, music really too much to do. I was in parish all the time, and they mm -hmm. had their own musicians and that. And in fact, I was very, uh, very careful uh, for those first years of who I let know of my past career and so on. You know, it was okay. I wasn't there for that. I was there for other pastoral reasons. Right. And then uh, it sort of slowly kind of through Archbishop Akko, uh, now deceased, the uh, Archbishop of St. Bonas at the time, he thought it would be very good to um, promote uh, Adoramus for evangelization retreats uh, within our own archdiocese and open to if I had calls from abroad, which I started to get. So right. um, he was fine with me answering that. And uh, I've been doing that for years and years, going to parishes all over the country that invite me and also for concerts. Um, you know, what I've discovered um, for myself is the joy that people receive by singing together. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sharing on a, on a positive note in the church, you know. We know, um, we know the difficulties each one of us lives every day, and so the retreat is a renewal time. It's, it's a time to, um, to look up to look positively at what the Lord wants to do in our lives. And I think the retreats are the nicest ministry mm. I could have ever been given to do because it's really optimism, it's, uh, it's uh, positive, it's 
looking at God's great love for us and uh, how we can respond with our person, with our gifts. Mm-hmm. And I, I enjoy it so much. And the music, well, it's always wonderful. If that's the tool that the Lord wanted to use with me to help the, the situations wherever I am, well, that's fine with me. You know, if you're a carpenter, use it well. And it doesn't yeah, matter what course. you have. Give of back course. is of the course. key. Eh? Mm-hmm. Now, um, for for what advice would you give for any young people, musicians, composers who are Catholic, but they they want to be to make it in the business? Are, do you think that those two are compatible? Uh, the business, you mean the secular world? The secular world, yes. Well, you know, you do hear of certain nuns and priests that uh, have big hit records. If you remember Janet Mead with her Our Father from Australia, she uh-huh. had an international hit. Uh, the the sister there, the Dominican nun, uh, who uh, wrote and uh, sang uh, Dominique. You remember that? Yeah, uh, it, well, that yeah, you well, know, that was international. Uh, some of the I've heard of these uh, the priests, priests from Ireland, opera from Ireland, yeah. and all that. So I guess the coming into the secular world, I think that the Catholics, uh, sure, we should we should attempt to bring anything positive to that world that is often dark for many people, too. Mm -hmm. Like living in that kind of world, for me, was I saw a lot of very wonderful people, but a lot of brokenness, a lot of darkness um, that they were living. Mm -hmm. And I I feel that uh, the Eucharist uh, attendance that, like, you know, uh, nurtured me and saved me in many, many ways from uh, many things. So, But I do believe, yeah, when we're strong enough in our personhood with the guidance, of course, of the, the Church, the Holy Spirit's action in our lives, um, we can give back to that world, but we have to be careful, too. Eh? It's, it's, uh, well, we have the, to put God the music first. World, <laughs> the music world is not an easy place to be either, you know, oh, no. because of the the world that we live in is, uh, we might have all the goodwill in the world, but there is greed out there. There is, you have to have a good lawyer, <laughs> a very honest manager and agent. Yeah. Um, and to, to seek them out and to be very careful. Wow. Very careful. Okay, well, that's mm-hmm. good advice, uh, Father Robbie. That's all well, time I we hope have. It is. Yeah. No, thank you very much. Thank you for, for sh- being with us today and for sharing your music and your story with us today. Well, it's my pleasure, Pedro, and I wish everybody the great Advent season coming up and uh, a wonderful uh, uh, Christmas. Thank you very much. All righty. That was Father Robbie McDougall. He's a priest in the Diocese of St. Boniface in Manitoba. If you want to learn more about Father Robbie McDougall and Adoramus Ministry, uh, we're going to be putting a link to his site on our page, so visit us at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Here now is Father Robbie with... The theme.
We're listening to Father Robbie McDougall's The Theme. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light radio programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. That's also where we post links to our artists and guests. And you can learn all about Salt and Light and all that we do at saltandlighttv.org. And you can also follow us closely by going to Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for your generosity, for your prayers. We cannot do our work without your support. Thank you for listening. Have a great first Sunday in Advent. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio.